my big gratitude for this message for coming through me and writing this book has been hearing women say, oh my goodness, thank you for giving language. Mm -hmm. Thank you for giving words uh, to this, making the invisible visible. And as I like to say, when we make the invisible visible, then we can do the impossible. This is Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 318 with guest, Dr. Valerie Rain. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. I hope that you are feeling fantastic today on this fine whatever day of the week it is that you are listening to this episode. And I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest. Here's how I met Dr. Valerie. I was at an event in November with a lot of other women entrepreneurs. And, you know, I'm meeting a lot of people and wanting to meet a lot of people. And there was just so much goodness in this room. There were a few hundred guests, actually. And I happened to be sitting at a table catching dinner. And I caught this conversation kind of late. I sort of walked into the conversation. And I'm listening to this woman talk about her work. And I was just enamored. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Can you please back up and start from the beginning? Because this sounds like something I am really interested in. And she started talking about her book that at the time it was just about to come out. And I interrupted her and I was like, I need to have you on my podcast. I need you to talk about this more to me and my audience. So that's how I met Dr. Valerie. Her work is so interesting. And I love that it is backed by science because you know how much I love science, and it's so fantastic to have an expert on here talking about research and, and all of these things. All right, before I jump in and tell you a little bit about her, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my signature program, my signature group program, I should say, is coming up for applications soon. It's going to open for registration. And if you want to be the first to be notified of this, if maybe working with me privately is just out of sights for you right now, this is the next way to be able to do that. It's the Mentorship Masterclass where the curriculum is based on my training in the Daring Way, the methodology from Dr. Brene Brown. Speaking of science, <laughs> the methodology of Dr. Brene Brown, whom we all know and love, as well as my training from the Coaches Training Institute. And it's fantastic if I do say so myself. I think this will be the fifth time that we've run it. So head on over to yourkickasslife.com slash mentorship. You can read all about the curriculum. There's no surprises there. And sign up to be the very first to know to be able to fill out an application coming in February. So again, yourkickasslife.com slash mentorship. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait for you to have a listen to this conversation because you will hear me have a few moments. Just wait for it. But before we jump into that, Dr. Valerie Rain has discovered patriarchy stress disorder and created the only science-backed system for helping women achieve their ultimate success, happiness, and fulfillment by healing the collective inherited trauma 
of oppression. She holds a degree in psychological counseling from Columbia University and a PhD in psychology from the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. Her best-selling book, Patriarchy Stress Disorder, The Invisible Inner Barrier to Women's Happiness and Fulfillment is available now. So without further ado, here is Dr. Valerie. Dr. Valerie, thank you so much for being here. It's such a joy, Andrea. Thank you for having me. I was telling people in the introduction how we met, how our paths crossed, and I knew immediately, I just blurted out across the table, I need to have you on my show (laughs) because I was so riveted by this topic. And I think as humans, we kind of love labels for things so we can put our finger Mm -hmm. on it and say, that is the thing that is causing Mm -hmm. me stress or making me happy or whatever it is. So I want to start in the very beginning. Obviously, I read your bio and people know, you know, the book is called Patriarchy Stress Disorder, The Invisible Inner Barrier to Women's Happiness and Fulfillment. So start and tell us, please, how did you discover what you now call PSD? Mm. I discovered it through my own long search. Uh, I I say sometimes that I've been writing this book ever since I was a little girl and mm-hmm. the teenager and the young woman and a middle-aged woman. Um, and I just didn't know it. My search has been always for what's wrong with me, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with me? Why are things not uh, connecting, not making sense? Why am I holding back when I want to be speaking up? Uh, why do I have anxiety? Why do I have depression? Um, as a as a uh, teenager in my late teens and in my early 20s, I uh, suffered from two episodes of major depression and that that was scary and I was suicidal and that search led me to studying psychology. Um, And now I have two graduate degrees in psychology, which which lets you know how messed up I I was. Do you feel like, (laughs) I'm going to stop you already for a second. Do you feel like you were trying to kind of find your your way and and kind of find out like what is it actually that's wrong with me by going Mm -hmm. the path of psychology? Yes, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who goes into psychology for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's very noble to say, I want to help the world, but like also. <laughs> well, I want to figure, figure out, out why am I so mis- messed up, really? Yeah. And, um, and of course, I was in therapy for years and it was helpful in that it gave me insight into myself and um, taught me to ask uh, deeper questions, but it didn't make any difference in how I felt in terms of anxiety and depression. Uh-huh. So, uh, and my search led me to, thankfully, to stumble upon yoga. That was my first introduction to the whole mind-body thing, mm-hmm. that the mind and the body work together and we can shift the way we feel through engaging mind, body, and breath. That was a revelation because that's not taught in psych schools. And from there, my search um, or serendipity or both together, intention plus opportunity, took me to uh, follow the uh, trail of breadcrumbs into mind-body trauma healing work. And Mm -hmm. I didn't think that I had any trauma because trauma is defined as a life-threatening experience traditionally. Mm -hmm. Now they have expanded the definition to include a wide a a wide range of things like childhood experiences that were painful. Yeah. 
And um, in my book, I further broadened the definition, which I'll touch upon later, if you're curious, uh, which was a big part of my healing. At the time, I was really confused as to why I was um, having all these symptoms, such as anxiety, depression. And I didn't understand back then that there is a trauma connection. And I didn't think I had trauma. But what I experienced in those um, trainings, retreats, where I experienced deep embodied uh, trauma release, I was like, oh my God, my life changed. That trauma was uh, releasing from my body. And I was making totally different decisions. I started making decisions that were a lot more aligned with my life. I quit um, a toxic job. I started my business and I started living in alignment and it was all through trauma release work. And mm. I, I, and my clients were experiencing the same results. I was working as a therapist in New York at the time. And at some point I began to get really curious about, well, these clients and myself, we didn't have any trauma history. Like mm -hmm. we were not sexually abused. Uh, we were not held at uh, a gunpoint. We're not kidnapped. No, nothing like that happened. But trauma release worked for us all. So I started to get really curious about what trauma could we possibly all have. Yeah, it sounds like there's some women, universal thing. Right. Mm -hmm. That we didn't even know about. And research was coming out at the time about intergenerational transmission of trauma. That trauma is transmitted, passed along, passed down in our DNA. And the studies were really, really fascinating and really clear that um even when they did studies on mice who don't even have storytelling like humans do, several generations deep, they had the same traumatic reaction. Um, the mice were traumatized while in being introduced to the smell of cherry blossoms. Hmm. And, uh, and then their children and grandchildren also freaked out when they smelled cherry blossoms. They had a strong fear and anxiety reaction. And the dots connected for me. Oh, that is what it is. Um, women have been oppressed for thousands of years. Yeah. Oppression is traumatic. And the trauma is deep in our DNA, passed down generation to generation to generation. And I termed it patriarchy stress disorder or PSD, mm -hmm. which is women having this reaction to the smell of cherry blossoms. What is the smell of cherry blossoms for us? Everything we desire that has historically been surrounded by prohibition and danger, such as being powerful, mm -hmm. making a lot of money, loving who we love, being really deep and intimate, loving ourselves. Shit. Right. Mm -hmm. like that's, being sexually expressive. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or just and being then, expressive in general. Exactly. <laughs> being exactly. And then we're reading all these self-help books. We're going to seminars. I'm raising my hand. I've been doing it for years. Sure, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then still something is missing. And of course, we think, oh, something's so wrong with me. I'm so messed up that nothing is working. And so when I discovered this piece, when it fell into place, my life changed. And I started talking to women about it. And they're like, yes, yes, that's what I've been feeling all my life. Yeah, but Not having words for it disempowers us. And so um, my big gratitude for this message for coming through me and writing this book has been hearing women say, oh, 
my goodness, thank you for giving language. Mm -hmm. Thank you for giving words uh, to this, making the invisible visible. And as I like to say, when we make the invisible visible, then we can do the impossible. I love that. When we make the invisible visible, that's when we make things possible. Is that what you said? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh man, put that on a t-shirt and sell it. Mm. (laughs) At least, at the very least, put that on a meme for Instagram, please, for us. (laughs) It's coming. I love that. Well, I think probably so many people are listening and nodding their heads. I know for me growing up, I I didn't really start to feel, well, no, I did question like what is wrong with me, you know, and trying to control things that I couldn't control and trying to change other people to to fit what I wanted them to be like. Mm -hmm. But for me, I wanted to know why am I so angry? Mm. I just deemed myself as an angry person and I hated that about me. And Mm. I finally realized it wasn't until probably about 2009. I used to have very different beliefs that I do now. And I realized I took, um, I took a women's studies class in Mm. one of my last, uh, semesters in college. I had gone back to school after a very long break. I was pregnant with my second child at the time and I had to take an elective. I took a women's studies class and it was called Men and Masculinity, and they taught us. It was for the first time I was learning what what really feminism was. I had a very mm. different view of what right. it was before. It was it was mm-hmm. incorrect. We learned about misogyny and patriarchy and all of these things that I had no idea about. And I remember sitting in that class thinking, "Oh, this is the thing I've been angry about my entire life." It was a <laughs> spiritual experience because oh, yeah. also I had to unravel my identity and. Mm-hmm. And all of these things, but it finally made so much sense. And being able to put a name on it so that I could learn more about it and unlearn all of my yeah. own internal misogyny and all of these things that I had just been conditioned to do. So I, I say all that because I, I do think that there's a lot of women out there who um, have a similar path mm-hmm. that, that I did. And it sounds like this was sort of what your discovery was. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Andrea. And um, uh, me too. I didn't identify as a feminist for like when I was in my 20s or even my 30s. I was like, oh, like this is like, or, you know, whatever. This is bra burning. I love men. And, and I love Don't men. Don't make me, you know, not shake my legs. Like yeah. that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do love men. And what I want to clarify is that patriarchy doesn't equal men and men doesn't equal patriarchy. Patriarchy is a system, uh, the power distribution in society that has been oppressive and disempowering to women mm-hmm. for 10 to 12 thousands of years. Quite a long time. Yeah. And it's not about blaming men. If anything, sadly, women uphold patriarchy more so than men in this day and age. And again, this is not to blame women. This is not to blame men. This is to make visible the water that we're swimming in, that we've inherited, that is obsolete. This is not our preferred environment. Men don't benefit. Women don't benefit. Right. Nobody benefits from not living a fully expressed, authentic life. Mm-hmm. So that's why this conversation, let's actually see clearly, okay, this has been holding us back from embracing all of who we are and being in deeper, more fulfilling relationships with each other. Yes. And that actually brings me to my next question. And I think that you started to answer it. And that is because you say in the book that PSD is the invisible inner barrier to women's happiness and fulfillment. That's the subtitle of the book. So can you, can you talk a little bit more about that? Mm. Um, Everything that 
has been standing between you and your desire can be traced to this trauma of oppression and other areas of trauma as well. Um, which brings me to how I define uh, trauma. Any experience that made you feel unsafe, mm -hmm. physically or emotionally, and created trauma adaptations to keep you safe. Say more so, about that. What, did, what does that mean? Is that coping yeah, mechanisms? Exactly. Okay. So trauma adaptations, and I break them down into three major areas, mind, body, and actions, MBA for short. In the mind, these are all the stories about, oh, poor little me, these are victim stories, or these are stories about, oh, no one would want to listen to me, or this is not going to work anyway, why am I trying, oh, I'm such a failure, stories of oh, So it's the inner critic. It's the inner critic. Okay. Exactly. It's the imposter syndrome. It's mm -hmm. the so-called upper limit problem. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. What these trauma defenses do is they try to keep us safe. In my book, I use the metaphor of the invisible in the prison for PSD and these trauma defenses or trauma adaptations, I call them prison guards because that's what they are. They keep us in this invisible in the prison to keep us safe. In the body, it may be anxiety, depression, it may be trouble sleeping, it may be fatigue. There are so many women with adrenal fatigue uh, these days, migraines, mm -hmm. other chronic stress-related conditions, and even insomnia on that list insomnia, too. Insomnia, big time, and just not being able to relax without a glass of wine or a pill. Again, not that's not our shortcoming. That's not our failure. This is this trauma that creates constant stress, constant activation of the nervous system that's running hot. And then actions that manifest as, let's say, well, short fuse, you know, having arguments, um, or inaction, being frozen in inaction, is our nervous system keeps us safe through three major reactions, fight, flight, freeze. Mm -hmm. So each one of them is trace down to trauma, what is trying to keep us safe. And basically, whenever we desire something that's outside of what patriarchy allows us to have, and patriarchy allows us to have very little traditionally, it's like be a good girl, mm -hmm. be a good wife, be a good mother, stay in line, stay in line, be seen and not heard, anything outside of that, like having hot, passionate romance, no, it's, it's a no. Having your own money, big no. Uh, being visible, being a leader. Who do you think you are? So all yeah. these defenses activate, all these prison guards go on high alert. And that's what creates these invisible in the uh, barriers to women's happiness and fulfillment. I'm feeling very uncomfortable over here because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just seeing so much of myself in what you're explaining. I'm like, I'm like wringing my fingers and I have a feeling that there's a lot of people listening who are as well. And so I think that you, you have, you know, you're talking about the symptoms and, and I so appreciate that, but it's just kind of a two part question. How mm -hmm. does a woman know that she's experiencing, or maybe you mm -hmm. already answered that question. If you have more to say on that, I'm, I'm curious about it. Mm -hmm. And also, are you saying that like, are there some women who don't experience this? Is this like a universal thing for all women? What's your take on that? Mm. Great question. Because we all come from this long, long, long lineage of oppression. We've all experienced this trauma in our lineage. No one has escaped it unless you're from Mars. And um, because of that, we all carry this trauma. 
Mm-hmm. However, we all have different circumstances, also different mitigating factors. Maybe, um, maybe your your mother was a badass and like ran in business empire, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say hypothetically, and and that helped you to start unwinding from that trauma. That gave you different role modeling. Uh, so different factors, and also we're different human beings. Our our setup is different. For some women, it's super easy to be expressed in business, but they can't reach an orgasm mm-hmm. at all, right? Mm-hmm. For others, sexuality is easier and easier reclamation, but they're frozen in terms of um, aligning with their mission in life and finding that meaningful meaningful work. So it expresses differently. Everybody has it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it expresses differently. And and when you look at really famous, accomplished women, they all speak about it. All of them. I yeah. quote some of them in my book. Like Meryl Streep talks about her imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Diane von Furstenberg says. Jennifer Lopez has as well. Everyone, right? And uh, when DVF says, um, most mornings I wake up and I feel like a loser. Hello. Yeah. And and Gail King says, most mornings I wake up and I feel fat. Mm-hmm. Oh, that mm-hmm. toxic self-judgment, right? It's not us. It's not us. The problem is outside of us. Well, it is inside of us, but we can uh, we cannot solve it as if it was our individual problem. It is collective. And in terms of healing, it is it is an absolute not only possibility, but that's what I'm doing in my life. Every day, my clients and students, women who as much as have read book, the book ha- have shared. I had a book launch party and the recording is still on my Facebook page. Uh, Dr. Valerie Rain, you can find me on all social there, uh, Instagram, Facebook. But this one, um, the woman who just read the book, she didn't actually work with me. She, she was doing other in the work, in the process mm-hmm. um, to, to help her resolve the, the trauma. But she's describing how her entire life changed. She was actually a very successful business owner already. She had a seven-figure business. And she, uh, she was a mom. She was feeling really you know, good, right? And um, she thought she was doing well. She thought she was successful. And reading the book, she realized that she was living in survival mm-hmm. and that her nervous system was always on and she didn't have love in her life and her business was stressful. And she started asking the question that I ask in the book, you know, let's shift from survival to thriving. How do we do that? How do we shift from the game of how much can I bear the game of survival that we've inherited to the game of thriving of how good can it get? Mm-hmm. And she started asking that question every day. It became her North Star. How good can it get? She started bringing it into her team meetings. And what she described in that um, uh, book birthday party, that her business began flourishing. Her stress level began going down. More joy, more fulfillment in her life. And she opened up to love and attracted an amazing relationship into her life that she didn't think was possible. She was Mm -hmm. a single mom mom for a long time. And that's from reading the book, from creating that awareness and from, and I outline a system, a five-step system for healing, which you can do following the system. And I also provide some recommendations for finding a practitioner. Of course, you can 
inquire how to work with us as well. There is more than one path. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I wanted to circle because you you talk about this in your in your bio where you say you help women ditch the game of survival of how much can I bear mm-hmm. and master the game of thriving of how good can it get. And I'm I'm going to assume that it's it's not just like you know let's cover this in a week and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be so much better. But before I, I want to talk about healing in just a minute, but I, I want to circle back to, I have, I have a couple of questions and, and I'm assuming just, just to acknowledge it. Cause I know that you do talk about this is the, the symptoms of PSD. And, you know, we were talking about how women experience them. I'm assuming that there are also ranges based on, you know, what class, you know, economic class that you're in or mm-hmm. what race and, and all of that. And then probably even age comes into yeah. play too, you know, as I'm 100%. now, you know, looking at my 45th birthday and things are definitely changing. So do you have any, any words about that? Mm. That is a great question and a continuous exploration. And I'm learning a lot from my clients as I'm sinking deeper into intersectionality of this um, discovery. Obviously, every woman has been, has been subject to patriarchy, but also many women have been, ex- have been experiencing oppression based on race, based on sexual orientation, ability, age, weight, mm-hmm. um, oppression and or prejudice and or societal judgment. and dismissal of us. And I feel that there is this common root um, of PSD and it expresses differently. And you were asking me about symptoms. The two major branches of symptoms, and most women I know experience both, but you may relate to one or the other, are based on how our nervous system protects us. So it's either freeze or fight or flight. Mm-hmm. In fight or flight, a woman is likely to be a type A um, achiever, and she is she is already playing big. She is already doing the things that she wants to do, but it is a struggle. She needs to, you know, be doing her, her in the work, but she is experiencing something not coming together, falling apart in her personal life. Um, loneliness in her marriage or, you know, feeling not quite connected to herself, to her kids. If she has kids, And constant high stress levels, which she may not even feel stressed, Mm -hmm. but her health shows it. Uh, It may be unwanted weight, gain or loss. It may be um, that anxiety. It may be that insomnia. It may be that adrenal fatigue that has become pandemic among high achieving women. And that's because our nervous systems are constantly on high alert when we're playing big in the world where Mm -hmm. it's never been safe for us. And the other branch is freeze. So a woman may, may have dreams or she may not even be in touch with her desires because even getting in touch with our desires has been historically forbidden Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel safe to our subconscious to go there. And, um, and then, yeah, procrastination, distractions, all sorts of what we call excuses come up when she reaches for those desires and she blames herself and she feels like shit about it. Um, and she feels incongruent and to both, to both of these types of women, 
I just want to say again, it's not your fault. Nothing's wrong with you. It's the same beast we're looking at. And whatever complications or, or complexities or texture your experiences um, a- across other dimensions of your life bring in, your, your age, your race, um, your where you come from, your, your personal history mm-hmm. plays a, a huge part. And so in my system, I, I take women through... And this is this, the first step in the system. I call it waking up in prison. I take women through identifying everything that they thought was wrong with them as generating from some area of trauma, personal, collective, inherited, experienced, and really not leaving any stones unturned mm-hmm. because then we create a full picture of, oh my gosh, I'm a powerful amazing being and through this set of circumstances i received all these lies about (laughs) who i'm not and i'm here to liberate myself from from those so i can embody that power and send ripple effects into my relationships my, my family my community my work in the world i I'm now obsessed with you, Dr. Valerie. Like, <laughs> I, and I, I say that because I'm, I'm, I'm having a moment over here and I, I had a feeling that this might, this might happen if I, cause I, I didn't get to talk to you a whole lot when we met uh, late last year, but what I, and I don't think, I don't think that I had time to mention this to you, but I am writing my, I just accepted an offer as we're recording this to write my third book. And Woo-hoo! this one, I know it's exciting. It's also terrifying for me, patriotic key stress disorder, because I mm-hmm. am taking a little bit of a new angle on self-help. My last two books mm-hmm. have been more or less just general. Um, my second book had a little bit of a deeper dive into shame and why we do these behaviors, et cetera, et cetera, and lots of uh, advice on how to help it. And then I started to real, then, you know, 2017 happened with the Me Too movement. I started to do my own work and unraveling a lot of things, a lot of healing. And the conclusion I came to is that, you know, I wanted to write another self-help book and I could not shake the intuitional message I was getting that I can no longer write about self-help and just talk about it on a on a more or less surface level of saying here's how we work on feeling good enough without addressing what you're talking about mm-hmm. because to me i felt like a hypocrite saying you go girl and you know and shaking mm-hmm. my my fist in the air and <laughs> and saying you can do anything you can do it without and it's not to blame and shame men or the patriarchy it's just mm-hmm. saying there's nothing wrong with you this isn't your fault like there is a system that's been created that has made you feel not good enough that has yeah. made you keep quiet when you want to speak up in meetings that has made you feel like you don't compare well enough to all of the other women in your life, all of, all of those things that women come to me for, for help with. Like, yeah. the, cause I have a deep desire to get to the root of the problem. Like let, mm-hmm. let's quit, put fucking band-aids on shit that is gushing blood and figure <laughs> out what the real problem is. So I, the last 10 years I've been doing this work, it's been my quest yeah. to find out like, where is the root of the problem? Let's stop the bleeding there. Let's heal it there. Yeah. And I kind of have come full circle in 10 years to come back to this. And I haven't, I haven't totally started diving into writing this book. We're recording this the very first week of January. I'm nodding my head over here. And all of that to say, 
thank you for writing this book. Thank you for saying all of this because it is, it is validating what, and I love it when people come on who have letters after their name that (laughs) gone to all the school and everything that just validate this and that as women, it is, it is not your fault. And there is a deeper issue going on that we aren't really going to get a lot of healing and solution by pointing the finger. Of course, like we have to grieve and process and all of that, but like, let's collectively have conversations about it. Yeah. Rip the covers off of it Mm -hmm. and then heal from there. So thank you for letting me um, jump up on my soapbox (laughs) for a few minutes. I appreciate that, Andrea. (laughs) Thank you. It's, um, it's, and I, and it, which, which leads me to something that I am curious about because you did mention men and that it's not about, you know, I'm raising a daughter and a son and I Mm -hmm. know very, you know, he's a sixth grader, he's 12 years old and I'm seeing very much, you know, how the patriarchy is affecting him as well. And, you know, my husband and I are are having conversations about it. So what about men in light of your discovery of patriarchy Mm -hmm. stress disorder? What is your message to men in general, or just talk to us about that? Mm. I love bringing men into into this work usually what happens is um we start working with a woman and um, the veils start falling away that have been distorting her view of herself and what's possible in her life and her relationship and she goes oh i want my relationship to go to the next level i see where my husband has this trauma my partner Mm -hmm. and i want them in this work and so that's how men end up coming into this work too because if you're if you're human you have trauma period Period. Nobody, nobody gets out scot free. <laughs> who, who here can can say? Well, I I've never had an experience where I felt unsafe physically mm-hmm. or emotionally, and then developed certain strategies to protect myself in my mind, in my body, or through my actions. And of course, those strategies are subconscious. That's a whole other conversation. But back to men, love men. And actually, 2020, this is a big question for me, how to bring in more and more men, allies into this work, into this conversation. Um, Men crave it too. I talk about the primary wound of PSD is the wound of worthlessness for -hmm. women. Women have been made to feel, experience themselves as worth less than men. Yep. Recently, one of the readers of my book pointed out, as she was giving the book to her husband, <laughs> pointed out to me that she explained it to her husband as in men are experiencing the wound of being worth less than the patriarchal idea of what a man should be. Yeah. And that is across the board. Like, which, like, show me a man who is like 100% patriarchal. Um, ideal. There are a lot of men who are delusional and just bought into that. And then, <laughs> but we're not talking to to to, to this category. <laughs> we're talking about men who are also feeling the impact of me too. Who are questioning? Oh my gosh! You know, how mm. have I been um, showing up in my life? Have I been? In that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have I been congruent with myself, with my authentic self? And and there's a lot of trauma that's coming to the surface for men also. Yes, I believe that. Oh, and and these are um, these men need support. 
they need also the environment where they can be validated, not blamed, mm-hmm. but feel safe. Safety is is the crucial precondition to healing. We all need to feel safe to heal. And that's why it's so hard to make changes within your relationship, for example, when you're just like shaking self-help books at, at your partner. Like, you got to read this. Whoever <laughs> wants to hear that. Like, oh, <laughs> you know what you need? It's you need a life coach and a therapist. Like nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. <laughs> and, and, the, and the truth is that we're, we're shaking these self-help books or clobbering our partners over the head with, with them. <laughs> and I have done that to my husband. I've been like, you need I, to read this I, book. I, I, so have I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then I realized, and, and actually, my husband in one of those episodes uh, said to me, oh, look at all these books that you have on mindfulness and yoga and like enlightened relationships, and you just can't help yourself. Mm-hmm. And he was 100% true. I couldn't help myself because what I didn't know then, what I know now, it's all about trauma getting triggered. Yeah. All about trauma getting triggered. And then we're hijacked. We can't help ourselves. So our trauma is getting triggered. We are angry and where we can't just yes. we just can't stop the the, the 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 train and and then our partner feels unsafe and and mm. they're doing their shitty things back to us and it's just a self-perpetuating cycle so to me this is this is a great contribution to not only to peace on earth but to just greater happier more fulfilled lives for everyone men and women learn about your own trauma learn mm. about it it's, nothing's wrong with you it didn't break you you survived. Yeah. And it's not the trauma. It's the adaptations that are hurting you now. Yeah, we can meet them. We can get to know them. And we can transform them from prison guards to bodyguards. Prison guards to bodyguards. Are you, and you're, you're ta- talking about the men in our lives? I'm talking about trauma adaptation. You're talking about trauma adaptation. Okay. So that men and women both have. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I just want to make sure I was clear on that. Because mm-hmm. my, my train of thought immediately raced over to the women listening who want, like, I have a feeling what's going to happen is they're going to listen to this podcast episode and they're like, I need to let my husband listen to this. And it might not be in, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about heteronormative relationships here mm-hmm. for a second, but there might be the woman who's like, I need my dad to listen to this or mm-hmm. my brother. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think the thing that, that then my next thought is, well, sometimes we can get excited about things that like read these revelations that we're having. Yeah. And then we're not met with the same, sort of understanding that we were looking for yeah. and you were you were mm-hmm. speaking to that you know and then they you know react weird and they yeah. i think what's happened is a lot of men think that we're mad at them personally yeah. like the pay, especially like when you say the words toxic masculinity a lot of men are like what did i do and yeah. we think we're talking just about them it's like, you know <laughs> and and it's becomes this argument and i think that what can also happen and and maybe you can say us or no is that mm-hmm. sometimes we feel re-traumatized when we're trying to talk to a man in our life about this and then they react defensively oh. and then we feel like we need to take care of their feelings and we're like motherfucker i've been doing this my entire life yeah. and I have to take care of your feelings and be com- compassionate towards you when I'm dealing with my own trauma. So yeah. my question for you is, do you have a, do you have a tip or some advice on how women can, because I think, you know, a lot of us are sort of baby stepping or just giant stepping into our conversations with the women in our life about mm-hmm. this, but how do we have these conversations with the men in our life without, um, well, at the same time, taking care of ourselves, I guess is the mm-hmm. question. Yeah. That's that's a big question, and the answer is going to be different for everyone. Sure. And mm-hmm. it all starts with awareness. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I recommend checking out my book, really. And the reason I I, I do that is because I've been hearing from men, and there are some reviews on Amazon also from men that you can check out. That really surprised me. And I know some men personally who are in my circle who, like, we didn't even have these conversations about trauma before, like, ever, right? But they are rereading the book now, and they're saying mm-hmm. that it's so accessible. It made them, for the first time, understand things. There are case studies there. There are stories. There is one case study of a man specifically. I included it to, to show, hey, we're all human. Yeah, we're all we're all dealing with pain, and we all have these prison guards that express sometimes as health conditions. This man in in the book um, had a heart condition which the doctor said there's nothing wrong with you if mm-hmm. you're making this up but he was having severe symptoms right and you'll if you check out the book you you'll find out what happens so you mean he heard from the doctor <laughs> what women have been hearing for so long yeah, right? it's all in your head <laughs> it's all in your head but mm-hmm. it it's real right mind body connection is real we're not making this up so I don't want you exposing yourself to being re-traumatized because that, mm-hmm. that you, you asked a very insightful question. There's even re-traumatization that happens in therapy. Like I oh, have yeah. kind of re-traumatizing experience in, in therapy because of the lack of attunement and understanding from a therapist, both male and female. Mm-hmm. So what we, I feel what we need is conversations like we're having and if you, our listener, if you are resonating with this conversation, find others who are resonating with this conversation so you can have a support group, right? Mm-hmm. And you can always get in touch with us, I imagine, right? You have a community, I have a community where we're cultivating the conversations where people can feel safe and validated and seen and heard. And together we're figuring out how to create this tipping point where mm-hmm. it's not only okay to have these conversations, it's necessary. Yeah. And everybody sees it as a win-win, as a great service, because it is. I 100% agree with you. And sort of circling back to the healing aspect of it, I, I know personally that having the conversation and you know reading books like yours and just understanding what's going on is the first step in healing because you can't you know yeah. i always say like you can't clean up your dirty kitchen if it's totally pitch black dark in there it's going to yeah. be extremely <laughs> difficult so turn the lights on uh, figure out what's what's going on and what needs to happen and then i know and please you know this is my experience but as I started to really dive into this around 2017 and, and heal, I've spent the last few years really kind of going going through, I don't want to say going through the ringer, but at times it has felt like that. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that I really need to take care of myself during this yes, time because 100%. I recently did a little deep dive into the Enneagram and I'm an eight and we tend to be very quick to anger. That's our, <laughs> that's how we process things. And, and I, I, that's how I've been my entire life. And I, and, and, and according to the Enneagram, I mean, I don't know how much you buy into that. I know it's a little bit of pseudo psychology, but it's either anger. I think it's either shame, fear, or anger. So mm-hmm. all that to say, you can react any way that might happen. And I think what, what I'm trying to say is, please, I'm begging people out there to take, take care of yourself. Because yeah. 
I've done a lot of work on myself and this thing has been, which led me to my work in, um, really diving into my own sexuality and working with a practitioner there, which I I had her on Jessica Graham a few weeks ago. It's been, I'm telling everyone, like this has been some of the most challenging Mm -hmm. work I have ever done, but so incredibly worth it. This I think is taking me to new levels in my career, in my personal relationships, my relationship with myself, in my own self-trust, I feel at 44 years old, like I have truly been cracked open. And it I, I hate to sound super cliche, but almost a rebirth. Mm-hmm. And it is equal parts terrifying and exhilarating. Yeah. Is, is that, like, please tell me I'm normal. Because <laughs> <laughs> As I say all this, my own inner critic is like, shut up, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't reveal yourself too much, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's at least fairly normal, right? Yeah. Why would you want to be normal? <laughs> That's true. What is normal say, anyway, right? Is, is that the status anyway? quo of being yeah. a zombie and being out of touch with everything? Is that normal? <laughs> well, I think it's more of like an unlearning everything right. I've always been taught mm-hmm. that is true. Yeah. And, and of course, it's upsetting. It's deeply troubling. And all these structures that you thought were true are disintegrating. Yeah. So. Yes, self-care is paramount. Remember what you're doing. You are undoing thousands of years of trauma. And you're not only doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the previous generations, for the future generations, for those around you. It's a very noble task. Is is it a choppy ride? It is a choppy ride. Uh, I'm on this ride also. And thankfully, I have a partner, my life partner, who is also my partner in this work. And it, it facilitates these processes for me. Like we're at it every day. And uh, we're working with our clients, supporting them, continuing to build the critical mass of this community of practice. I feel that community of practice is so super important because uh, we all have these questions when we're in our own silos. What's wrong with me? Am I normal? Is this supposed Mm -hmm. to be happening? So guidance is important. It's important to have a qualified guide and it's important to have, um, in my view, it's important to have a community, especially in this work that deals with healing collective trauma. I mean, come on. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we got traumatized in 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 a community, in a very, very big community. So our healing also needs to happen in a community. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else, any last words that mm. you want to make sure that you say before we <laughs> say goodbye today? Thank you, Andrea. Uh, it's been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you, all listeners, for sharing your time with us. And I want to leave you with a very practical next step. On my website, drvalerie.com, you can check out the first chapter of my book and uh, and see if you want to go further, then it's available on Amazon. And there is also one of the first tools that I teach all my clients and students. It's right there on the website. It's an audio that you can download. I call it the Repower Tool. It will help mm. you whenever you're triggered, whenever you're not feeling fully in your body, in your power, to regain that presence. A woman's power is in her presence and get centered. It's at drvalerie.com forward slash repower. And last but not least, I have a podcast that you can check out with these conversations um, happening in, in depth about how women leaders are experiencing PSD, what, what strategies we're using. 
And there is even a whole series on PSDs, on PSD, how it manifests in different areas of our lives and what you can do about that. Fantastic. Thank you so much for, for taking the time out to talk to us. And the book is Patriarchy, Stress Disorder, The Invisible Inner Barrier to Women's Happiness and Fulfillment. Dr. Valerie Rain, you're over at drvalerie.com, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. All the links are in the show notes, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. As I always tell you, I know how valuable your time is and I am honored that you choose to spend it with me and my guests. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. 